welcome to the Sisters for Prevention Breast Cancer Resource Podcast and YouTube channels. I am your host, Judy Fitzgerald, and it is my great pleasure to bring you the latest information and strategies for breast cancer survival and prevention. I am a 12-year breast cancer survivor living with NED, no evidence of disease. My passion is supporting the primary prevention of breast and ovarian cancers. It is my great honor to serve as a consumer advocate for the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines developed by Dr. Vincent Tui at the Lerner Research Institute at the Cleveland Clinic in Ohio. 2021 was an exciting year for breast cancer. It was the year we launched the phase one clinical trial for the first preventive breast cancer vaccine. This vaccine is presently being tested on recently diagnosed triple negative breast cancer patients who have completed treatment. Our goal is to prevent recurrence in these patients. Sadly, triple negative breast cancer is the most lethal form of the disease and has the highest probability for recurrence within the first five years. So what's next? We will need support to complete all phases of the clinical trials to obtain FDA approval. Once the vaccine is proven safe and effective, the Cleveland Clinic has partnered with the Nixa Bioscience and their CEO, Dr. Amit Kumar, to commercialize the breast and ovarian cancer vaccines and make them available for use. For all things breast cancer and to remain updated on the vaccine's progress, please visit my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's www, the number four, sistersforprevention.com. And now it is my great pleasure to bring you today's program. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for joining me. If you have received a mastectomy as part of your cancer journey, one question I would like you to reflect on before we begin our discussion is, were you ever advised by your medical team of the possibility of developing a condition known as post-mastectomy pain syndrome, or for short, PMPS? I know I was not, and I experienced something following my double mastectomy that I was totally unprepared for. I developed debilitating shoulder pain, which evolved into a condition known as frozen shoulder. This condition didn't occur immediately after my surgery, but months later. By this time, I had achieved full range of arm motion from the mastectomy. So this new pain, which was quite severe, was totally unexpected. Unfortunately, It is a condition that at times still impacts me. What distressed me the most was that although I hadn't been warned of the possibility of PMPS, the development of this condition is indeed quite common. In the words of my physical therapist, this is something that breast surgery patients should always be made aware of. So when it happens, it it is recognized and treatment can begin. The following passage is from the American Cancer Society's website. After having breast cancer surgery, 
Some patients have problems with nerve or neuropathic pain in the chest wall, armpit, and or arm that doesn't go away over time. This is called post-mastectomy pain syndrome, again, or PMPS, because it was first noticed in women who had mastectomies. But it can also happen after other types of breast-conserving surgery, such as a lumpectomy. The classic symptoms of PMPS are pain and tingling in the chest wall, armpit, and or arm. Pain may also be felt in the shoulder or surgical scar area. Other common complaints include numbness, shooting or prickly pain, or unbearable itching. Most women with PMPS say their symptoms are not severe, but still cause much anxiety. Statistics note that between 20% and 30% of women develop symptoms of PMPS after surgery. It's most common after operations that remove tissue in the upper outside portion of the breast or underarm. PMPS is thought to be linked to damage done to the nerves in the armpit and chest during surgery, but the causes are not known for sure. So why, if the statistics show that 20 to 30% of breast surgeries result in this condition, why are patients not advised of the possibility? Not only can it occur following mastectomy or lumpectomy, but to any breast and chest surgery, including when expanders are exchanged for implants. When my frozen shoulder happened, I thought I had pulled a muscle. At first, I could manage the pain with Tylenol, but it progressively degraded to the point where I could not move my arm without shooting pain. To manage the situation, I tried not to use that arm and the net result was a frozen shoulder. I should have called my oncologist when the pain first occurred, but I had no idea at the time that it was related to my breast cancer surgery. As I said, I merely thought I had pulled a muscle. After discussing this with my oncologist, I received a prescription for six weeks of physical therapy twice a week. The therapy included massage therapy and more, but different range of motion exercises. Since this was a nerve condition and not a muscle pull, the therapy that seemed to help the most was TENS or T-E-N-S therapy. Transcutaneous electrical nerve stimulation, referred to as TENS, is a therapy that uses low voltage electrical current to provide pain relief. A TENS unit consists of a battery powered device that delivers electrical impulses through the electrodes placed on the surface of your skin. This therapy would be used at the end of each therapy session and was followed by ice pack applied to the area for 20 minutes. Although my situation gradually improved and the pain subsided, that shoulder is still to this day weaker than the other and occasionally pain will return. It's interesting that it occurred in my left shoulder and the left breast contained the most area of invasive cancer. Since the exact cause of the condition is not certain, I can't be sure if this is all, at all relevant. Compared to cancer, this condition seems to not be of great concern to the medical community, since there appears to be little interest in further research. Another similar condition, which actually occurs in the breast, is a condition known as phantom breast syndrome, or PBS. PBS is a condition 
in which patients have a sensation of residual breast tissue and can include both non-painful sensations as well as phantom breast pain. Patients with phantom breast syndrome may experience pain, discomfort, itching, pins and needles sensation, tingling, pressure, burning, or throbbing. The syndrome can start any time following surgery, even years later. Incident statistics vary across different studies, ranging from approximately 30% to as high as 80% of patients after mastectomy. It seriously affects the quality of life due to the impact of the physical disability and emotional stress. The prevalence of phantom breast syndrome, the sensation is that a breast is still present after it is removed and varies between different studies. Statistics gathered seem to imply from 10 to 55% of women following a mastectomy will experience this sensation. Phantom breast pain and sensation usually begin within the first year following a mastectomy and often becomes less noticeable after two years post-surgery. Symptoms that can be experienced with phantom breast syndrome are similar to those experienced after the amputation of an arm or a leg, but is usually less painful. Some symptoms may include the following. Pain, itching, although scratching doesn't help, tingling, a pins and needles sensation, pressure or heaviness, burning, stabbing, throbbing, electric shock type sensations, premenstrual breast discomfort type symptoms, and the sensations may be felt all over the breast, just at the nipple, or in localized sites. Just like post-mastectomy pain syndrome, the cause of phantom breast syndrome isn't entirely clear either, but it's thought that phantom pain and other phantom breast sensations occur via different mechanisms. Both central nervous system, the brain and spinal cord, and peripheral nervous system, which are damaged nerves, may play a role. Nerves cut during a mastectomy may send an incorrect message to the brain, which is then interpreted abnormally, or instead, without any input from the brain to the breast, which has been removed, the brain may attribute messages coming from another area of the body. Two of the most common drugs used for treatment are antidepressants and opioids. While there is some evidence that opioids can cause changes in the brain that might alleviate phantom limb pain, their use for phantom breast pain is usually discouraged because of their addictive nature. An alternative is the use of topical treatments that have the advantage of fewer side effects. Examples of topical treatments that can be used are lidocaine patches, capsaicin patches, or CBD oil. High-dose capsaicin patches have been approved by the FDA for the treatment of chronic pain. When used for chronic pain associated with phantom breast pain, capsaicin patches have been found to significantly reduce pain, and fMRI scans have confirmed changes in the brain that correlate with this improvement. Capsaicin patches have also been found to provide significant pain relief in people who are living with chemotherapy-induced peripheral neuropathy. With neuropathy, it's thought that the patches may actually lead to regeneration and restoration of the sensory nerve fibers responsible for the symptoms, thus suggesting that the patches may be beneficial over the long term rather than just while they are used.
Phantom breast syndrome can seriously affect a woman's quality of life. For this reason, working with a cancer counselor may be an extremely helpful adjunct to physical treatments for the disease. Many oncologists believe that nearly anyone who is facing or has faced breast cancer could benefit from working with a therapist for support with the many issues that arise. Some studies, but not all, have even suggested that counseling and other forms of psychosocial support may have a survival benefit for breast cancer patients. I spoke in a previous podcast about my own experience with counseling and how it was extremely helpful in coping with my diagnosis and relieving my stress and anxiety. Other therapies that can help alleviate symptoms focus on relaxation, such as acupuncture, massage, yoga, hypnosis, guided imagery, gigong, meditation, music therapy, art therapy, or pet therapy. Many women hesitate to bring up phantom breast symptoms to the doctor. But of course, as always, it's important to share what you are feeling. These sensations are very common and normal, and addressing both the physical symptoms and the emotional impact can help ensure you will live your best life after mastectomy. Again, we realize we must be our own best advocates. If something doesn't feel right, talk to your doctor about it. Of course, after having cancer, every new ache and pain bring the fear of possible recurrence. It's just part of the new normal after a cancer diagnosis. That makes knowledge even more essential. By getting answers as soon as possible and understanding your situation, you can prevent unnecessary anxiety and stress. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or on Feedspot.com. Your feedback is important in helping us select topics for future podcasts. To stay updated on the latest news about the vaccine clinical trial, please subscribe to my website, www.sistersforprevention.com. That's sisters, the number four, prevention.com. Also, please note that the topics discussed on this site are not meant to be used in lieu of medical advice. I am not a medical professional, nor do I claim to be. I am merely sharing what I have learned from personal experience, discussions with fellow survivors, and many hours of research. So for now, I'll leave you with my mantra, cancer is a word, not a sentence. So may God bless you and keep you. Till next time. Thank you.